Hey guys, welcome to this fortnight's crypto catch up. I'm Pav. And Tommy. And we're here to just see what's been happening in the last fortnight. Uh, lot on, mate. Yeah, mate. Heaps happening. Very interested to see where, where this one goes. Some pretty big announcements have came out in the last couple of weeks. Cash rates, CPI, these kind of things that people do they care about. Uh, we don't know. Well, let's find out. Yeah, lots of buzzwords, but we'll break them all down. But <laughs> yes. I guess just as a higher level, we'll just mention what we're going to cover today. We've got some the latest news out of the Board 8 Yacht Club. So there's some SEC investigation to there. So we'll just break that one down for you. Not another SEC. I'm going to make a movie out of this on Netflix at some stage. <laughs> I'm joking about it now. They probably will. Probably will. Probably will make yeah. a Netflix movie out of this. I think you've probably bled them onto it, mate. But hadn't we get it? Once I can get my royalties. <laughs> this is sweet. Absolutely. It's, it's very, very fitting with the NFT conversation <laughs> at the moment. Sweet. On top of that, we've got some news on some new moves in the layer one space. So we've got the the Solana killer. It's been dubbed Aptos. So we'll, we'll talk about that and what's so good about that. And Kanye West. I mean, why not? I mean, if he's in the news, we might as well talk about him. That's true. It's That's always true. good. If he's wearing a Bitcoin cap, Satoshi Nakamoto cap, I'm always good. We've got to have a chat. Talk about Kanye, man. Have a chat. Absolutely. Uh, but before we dive into all of that, mate, markets, what are we thinking? What are we thinking? Oh, man. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at, I mentioned CPI in the intro, consumer price index for people that are not aware. Basically, the price of things that you buy, which is the easiest way probably to break it down. The numbers were released from the US. 8.2% overall is what they've raised in the last 12 months in the US. So, yeah, I guess we were expecting, I don't know if we were expecting it to come in as high, but that's the number that came in from the US. Yeah. The U.S. markets are what creates volatility. We talk about the Australian market versus the U.S. market. U.S. is really the one that we want to watch a bit more closely. So the, those numbers came in and, you know, they're pretty high and, and the market did kind of react accordingly, I suppose. We did see a bit of a, a brief sell-off. But, you know, at the time of recording today, sunshine is out, rainbows. Yeah, it's it's, it's all good again. It's like we're, it didn't happen. Yeah, that's right. We're back up. Eerie. It is a little bit, isn't it? Yeah. yeah it's a bit strange, but... Yeah. Because so many people were calling for the market to go short again, yeah. we've seen the opposite yep. happen pretty much, right? Yep. Um, how many times have we seen this play out? You know, you could go back on 20 of our... Have we done that many podcasts? Uh, we have. Yeah. Have. Anyway, we we'll go back on 20 of our podcasts and, and look at, you know, times we've talked about the market's gone short, the market's looking long, and it just goes the opposite, the opposite way. way. So, yeah. you know, I think we've seen pretty much the exact same thing play out with some kind of big announcements to play into it. I mean, what are you seeing on the charts or I what think are you looking at? That's the biggest thing, like... I mean, if you're looking for a reason for the markets to move, it is these big, larger macro government-based announcements, right? So everyone keeps harping about CPI and inflation, all that sort of stuff that a lot of people just brush past, but it does unfortunately run the cadence of how the market's moving. So you either risk on, risk off. So with the news that came out, I mean, inherently it should have been risk off, which we did see initially, but as soon as the news did release markets like let's talk about specifically bitcoin like you know bitcoin it did dip below and put in depends what chart you look at but if you look at the one i like to look at is the the cme futures chart which is a chicago mercantile exchange so more of a traditional outfit as opposed to your usual exchange based charts we actually put in a low there of uh, 17,870 which is a new lowest low you know since we have been down in this 18 to 20 range so Again, one chart, mate, doesn't rule them all, but yeah, it's about right. piecing together a story. And I mean, we, we came into the office just today and just, you know, it was all it was a rally overnight. A lot yeah. of cash is breaking, uh, which could be unsustained. But I think the key thing for me here is, it's you know, short the volatility though. Like it it's, is. It's happening it's over taste. hours. Yeah. yeah. It's like wicking down yeah. and it's just going yeah. back up to those levels. Yeah. You know? And then, like, if it's wicking up, it's hitting the next level of structural resistance and it's just turning back around. That's right. So people are pro- aggressively profit-taking, I guess is how you could yeah. best describe that. So I guess, I mean, for people that are listening, yeah. they're thinking about like, what does that mean? I mean, yeah. like, 
short-term traders are still trading. Mm -hmm. People are still leveraged trading. There's short and long positions being taken. These people are making money in this market and that's yep. kind of how, how they do it, right? So, you know, the volumes across those margin trading platforms are just continuing to increase, essentially. And even if like diving into it, like some of our market movers from today to jump into, one of them was MDEX and Quant. Like they're two assets yep. that if you look at them, actually specifically Quant, it's almost back to November, December 2021 highs. Yeah, so crazy. It's, it's up 330% from June, which I mean, we can't say too much about that. But just the fact that there's been a sustained rally yeah. from June till now when the whole market's been diving the other way, I think that that's interesting. I personally have been following Quant, but I know it's got quite a big social following and there's a lot of people quite bullish on that project. So it's been a real showstopper. I mean, as far as like market action goes, it's, it's, it's been trending a bit better than even Bitcoin. So that's I've interesting. Been, I've been actually, something I've been actually thinking about recently, a few people I've talked to have come from the traditional finance space is like, you look at your portfolio overall over the last, you know, 12 months and, you know, majority of it's going to be in the red, right? Yeah. I think a way to look at this and, you know, this is obviously blue skies type investment theory, but yeah. you, you look at it like, all right, what has my portfolio done over the last month and start to break it down into pieces or what new investments am I making that are actually doing well in mm. this market, right? Yeah. Because not everything is going down, right? Like, mm. you know, the sentiment is still it's still pretty negative. That's that's the thing. It's a sentiment, right? It, it is the sentiment yeah. more than the actual. But if you look at individual investments, some people are, are actually looking at these things now in smaller time blocks. So you're looking mm. at, you know, what's my asset done in the last two weeks, yeah. four weeks kind of thing, yeah. right? So looking at it in, that, in yeah. that picture and actually breaking up how you actually view your portfolio overall into these kind of segments is, you know, it's just one another way of looking at it. Yeah. Yes, if you look at the long-term stuff, a lot of it's going to be going to be in the red. But if you, you break up kind of your more short-term investments versus your long-term, you can be, it's just a, another way to look at the, the bigger picture. Yeah. And I think from here, for me personally, the next thing I'll be keeping on is the next Fed meeting. So the FOMC is actually at the start of November. So usually traditionally see that in the middle or the end of the month. So yeah. the November meeting is actually a lot sooner. So we'll see there if the aggressive rate hike we had previously, well, I guess two expected last time, you know, in the speech that Powell did, did give, it was the sentiment was shifting. Like, this is ridiculous. Like you have to wait for the data to come out, see what the percentage is, and then also wait for the speech to come out so everyone on Twitter can pull the speech apart and see if it was bullish or bearish. That's right, yeah. Uh, so it could be a case of like where the, the percentage comes in as expected again, but just the wording and the tone of how the Fed feels the market is right yeah, now. It's that, interesting how that... Yeah. It genuinely moves markets oh, these days. Bizarre. Like you know, Twitter move, move markets these days, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. I won't even talk about Elon Musk and no. that stuff works. But yeah, I guess yeah. The, the other thing that I was looking at and that recently came out since the last podcast as well is the RBA rates. Yes. Fortunately, Australia doesn't move markets yet anyway. So essentially, the RBA rate hike came in at 0.5 versus what was expected, which was 0.75. Yeah. So the cash rate now is 2.6% versus what they thought was going to be 2.85. Yeah, which is, the you know, the RBA saying they're not going to pass on the full hike. Yeah. But, I mean, that's, that's right. you know, they're obviously seeing what's happening. So, yeah, it's an interesting one. Yeah, they're reacting to a few things. I think the housing market is starting to play on their minds a little yeah, bit as well. You'd, you'd just, expect that, right? That's my opinion. But So yeah. much wealth tied up in the that's property right. market. That's right. There's so much reliance on it from the everyday Australian mm. that they do want to protect it. And it is a, you know, it's an investment and it's an asset that that Aussies really love to go to in, in these times as well. So, you know, a lot of things heating up around that property market and rental mm. market and everything else. So it's going to be interesting to see yeah, how I agree. it plays out as well. Matt, Board Ape Yacht Club, Yuga Labs, SEC, all these things I'm going to put together. <laughs> <laughs> the SEC, Securities and Exchange Commission, basically the regulators in, in the US are having a closer look at Board 8 Yacht Club. I think most people within the industry would have a fair idea what the Board 8 NFT 
project is or looks like that was created by Yuga Labs, which is the name of the, essentially the entity that, that runs it. The story goes, an anonymous source, and I reckon it was probably you, Pav, because you don't have a board app, but it was an anonymous source. ACC, don't ring our number <laughs> because we won't answer. But <laughs> Essentially, they were tipped. Uh, it was a story that came through Bloomberg that SEC were having a look at Board Ape. Companies worth five billion dollars apparently at the moment, but essentially they're being investigated for a breach of securities issuance laws. Yeah, right. Um, which is not good. It's not good for the NFT space as a whole. A lot of projects are kind of built around this same model. Yeah, it looks like they're going after the big fish first. When you know, it's often not the strategy that they use. Sometimes they're going after Dog. They're going after Snoop Dogg. Snoop Dogg, he must go down. He must be taken down. (laughs) I mean, at the end of the day, it's going to have, if this story plays out, it might have repercussions for the rest of the NFT industry. So that's one, I guess, to to note. The board Ape, if you held a board Ape NFT, so one of the apes, you mm. essentially got a an ape token airdrop as well. I can't remember exactly when it was. Got up, yeah, it got up to 140, 128 US dollars. That's right. That's right. 1,000 US dollars. Yeah. Yeah, at the time it launched, yeah. it absolutely pumped. So, yeah. you know, I think if you held the board Ape NFT, you got 10,000 tokens or so of Ape token that was like anywhere from 80 grand to 200 grand, depending on where you were chained. So that was an airdrop into your wallet if you held that NFT, which is pretty amazing when you think about it. Funny story. I was actually at dinner with a guy that owns three oh, board apes at the time of the airdrop. Okay. And we were looking at the price, like, how is this trading? We're like, oh, it's probably going to be worth nothing. And next thing, next thing he knew, his airdrop was worth like half a million dollars. It was absolutely crazy. But um, we're no longer friends. No, no, we are. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was just, it's interesting to see, I guess, what the SEC are looking at here and, and what it might mean for the rest of the market. I mean, there's 10,000 board up NFTs in circulation. And I guess the big thing with these, are they a security or not? The big question is, do we think they're a security? Like, based on the definition of a security, they shouldn't be. Each one of them are kind of not indistinguishable, but they're all different, right? Like, have you, you've seen them before. Yeah, yeah, they have yeah. a hat on or so one of them has an eyebrow piercing or a, a tattoo or an yeah. eye patch or something like that. Yeah. So they are different. Securities inherently should be the same. Like they're one and the same thing, like mm. identical. So that's just one of the traits, I guess, that people are looking at. So you're saying they should be fungible? They should be fungible. Yeah. Exactly right. Exactly okay. right. So another word that you love to drop in every now and then. Yeah. <laughs> you get a chance, you drop that one oh, yeah. into the podcast. But yeah. But essentially, it's I guess it's what happens here in terms of like the NFT creators and the marketplaces like, you know, OpenSea and these yeah. guys, does it open, are they open in for litigation? Like what, yeah. what's going to happen next? So, yeah, yeah okay. exactly. So it's one, I think we really have to watch the space and see how this one plays out. You know, Yuga Labs are, like I said, they're a $5 billion company. They're so they're going to yeah. be able to protect themselves. But what's the celebrities that have those? Yeah, that's well. that's right. It's a real yeah. status symbol holding a board ape. I don't have one. I'm not you know, no. not cool enough for that. But and, and you're the one that reported it, obviously, Pav. Yep. So, you know, this is just one to watch, man. I'm definitely watching this space. Yeah. Uh, tell me about the Solana killer. What's what's going on with the yeah. Solana killer you're telling me about? This is a good one. I think this is one I've been following for quite a while. And I think a few people that are really interested in the tech side might have been doing the same. But I mean, we've all heard of previously in the last run, the theme was the F killers. So what's going to come and take over the Ethereum network? You know, we had quite a few uh, layer one, layer two solutions that were supposed to be the king of the castle. But now we've, I guess, had Aptos, which is a new, highly anticipated mainnet coming across to be what they're dubbing as a Solana killer. Bit of a romanticized name, but essentially it's a real competition for high throughput transactions. So the Solana network is known for being able to transact your smart contract fast and cheap. 
And it goes down regularly. And it, well, yeah. So that's <laughs> that's basically what it's saying. It might be able to come in and fix. So yep. there's a bit of a backstory to Aptos, which is I think the most interesting bit for everyone. So for those people who don't know, in 2019, Meta. Facebook at the time, started their own blockchain company called Libra. They then renamed it to Diem, basically due to government pressures and regulators and every other internal facet within Facebook or Meta at the time. They basically decommissioned and shelved the overall project. So I think they were moving towards a um, sort of decentralized currency for the Facebook or Meta platform is what they were trying to aim for. But the developers, they did see a key differentiator in the way that the smart contracts were executed. So they used something called parallel execution, basically a way of bundling transactions together to rapidly sort of process them all together at once. So I'm sure there's more technicality to it than that. But in sort of closed testing, Aptos claims to have handled 130,000 transactions per second, whereas, you know, something like Ethereum can get through about 30. So really, can you see what happens there? I mean, just the throughput is why it's being dubbed the Solana killer, because Solana sort of punches some pretty high numbers. But I mean, me personally, I just think the one reason why Solana does have outages is because of spoofing. So a lot of people just create fake transactions on certain sort of platforms to try and hack them or, you know, do something insidious, which invariably takes down the network where with Ethereum, if you were to do like a million transactions per second or attempt to, you just incur a heap of gas fees. That's right, yeah. So, I mean, it, you know... The incentive is there not to do it in Ethereum, essentially. Exactly, whereas Solana, it's kind of like a different ball game. So, it'd be interesting to see... Um, I know Solana's putting out fixes and they actually, I believe, launched a fix today that I didn't get to read about to talk about today. Okay. But yeah, that's one hotly anticipated and there's lots of sort of talk around it. Some, still a massive community around Solana. Like a lot of huge. people... Huge. Massive I think, belief for, yeah. for the project overall. And, you know, they are devs are actively working on it, yeah. which is always a good sign, right? The community is still strong. Devs are working to it. They're still attracting talent. Yep. which is really important in I these think markets. That's the key part too. Like you can have amazing tech, but you've got to have the people behind it yep. and the projects right. and the community. So um, only as good as your community or the people working at your business, the same as <laughs> the same as anything else running any business, mate. Doesn't matter if it's a coffee shop or a crypto exchange or a token. So that's where it's at. But um very yeah, true. very, very, very cool and one to watch. I think you know, we we always think about Ethereum killers and you know, you think about ADA and mm. Matic and ADA these, is a good know, example. AVAX and these yeah. ones, right? Like yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's interesting to see what happens if, yeah, I mean, that those transaction numbers are really impressive. So it's yep. going to be very, very interesting to see what happens there. Matt, we mentioned Kanye West. I think we can't really go through this episode without mentioning. Actually, thinking about it now, yeah. we talked about Kim Kardashian, actually. Oh, yeah, she got done for a yeah, so, the, so yeah. the two of them are two of them are getting... Close to crypto. Yeah, the two of them are getting a bit roiled over at the moment when it yep. comes uh, to crypto. And actually, well, Kanye got actually debanked as well. Actually, that was that's not on this story, but he did get debanked by JP Morgan. So right. apparently the story is he had 20 or 30 million or something like that US in JP Morgan, but they decided they want to debank him. <laughs> yeah, anyway, this is not the story for today, but that's, again, it's another interesting one. So Kanye West is looking to purchase... Parler, crypto-friendly social media platform. Parler launched in September 2018, and it's kind of been the touted, I suppose, or people call it the free speech Twitter alternative. Twitter, as we know, is pretty censored at times. Like, it can be pretty censored. People get banned from it. They get shadow banned from posting things on Twitter spaces or whatever else. Like, I'm a big fan, actually, Twitter spaces. Yeah, it's probably the only... I started jumping on those recently. I wanted to to talk to you about that as well. Yeah, I think Um, it's good. But yeah, I mean, you know, I guess the story here really is Kanye getting involved. Is it something that we think is good for a project or bullish for a project? He's a bit of an unstable guy. Maybe crypto is the place for him. I don't know. What are your your thoughts on it? Yeah, I was watching a Joe Rogan podcast and he was on it semi-recently. I think it was like 
end of last year. I'm pretty far behind on this, unfortunately. It was going on about it back then, just how blockchain is a true libertarian asset that Americans need to embrace. So whether or not that was just who knows with this guy. But Yeah, well, Kenya's yeah. been chatting about crypto and Bitcoin for quite a while. Like He was basically talking about the perspective the Bitcoin yeah. guys bring in, right? Like yeah. that's, that's pretty much what it was. So yeah, uh, yeah it's, that's again, it's, it's one to keep an eye on and going to be interesting to see where Kenya sits. You know, if he's getting debanked by JP Morgan, maybe he's going to put it all in a Bitcoin wallet. Maybe. There's a lot of value there, right? Let's well, see. Let's see what happens. See what happens. Kim can't get her hands on it then. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I guess some other news pieces we didn't really want to create any too big song and dance about that we thought were pretty interesting having a look at the fortnight that's been. Uh, there's actually the first home that's sold as an actual NFT on OpenSea. A little house in Columbia, USA, transacted on up for 175,000 USDC. I've since... It's really cool. I like that. It's yeah. Really cool. And it was a whole title and like legal deed and everything. Like it's yeah. all proper. And all you, an NFT. And it's hilarious Like because on OpenSea, you can see like the different traits of an NFT, like how rare like... All the different pieces us that had like, like how many beds it had, how many baths that's it had, cool. how many cars it had, square meters and it's stuff like that. Just the tip of the iceberg for, this, yeah. like it seems experimental at this stage, but yeah. imagine, imagine if we did it in Australia. It's like, you look at all the traits, it's like swimming pool, gym, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. I, like I have all these kind of things in it. Yeah. It'd be pretty cool. But yeah. Um, yeah, super interesting. And the oh. funny, yeah, I just had a look at it before jumping on. There's a couple of hundred dollar stink bids going on it right now. Just people trying to see if they'll, you can buy they'll, a house they'll, for hundred bucks. They'll make an offer for a hundred ETH, hundred dollars of ETH at the they're moment. Just wait, they're waiting for like a failure in the smart contract. <laughs> yeah. like, it's like, yeah, nice. I just got a house for a hundred bucks. <laughs> yeah. like, sweet. Yeah. Yeah. That's hilarious. That's the thing that's like, people will ask the questions like, what happens if there's an issue with the smart contract? It's like, can someone actually buy a house for a hundred bucks if that Same. if that if it's baked into the smart contract and you get around it? Well, play where it lies. Got to play where it lies. Like yeah, yeah. You you play the the cards you're dealt. Yeah. Mastercard are bringing crypto trading to banks as well. They just announced the last couple of days, launched a new program that essentially enables financial institutions to add crypto trading offerings and services, mm -hmm. which is kind of another one to watch. Mastercard have been pretty aggressive in the crypto space, digital yep. asset space recently. They also launched a new kind of a compliance feature. They're basically playing into the hands of the TradFi companies yeah. that are too scared to yep. get into it. They're just kind of trying to normalize crypto and digital assets Risk. through their brand, map out the risks and kind of yeah. give them very specific products, which is which is pretty cool. And it's, yeah, I guess it just plays plays into the hands of the financial institution. They're still waiting for regulation. So what are the baby steps they can take to get there? And uh, cool. the last one on my list, Pav, was uh, Ethereum. We chatted a fair bit about Ethereum lately, but the testnet is beginning to launch for the Shanghai upgrade. Now, for anyone who doesn't know, Shanghai upgrade is the one that essentially allows the unlocking of staked ETH, which is pretty right. big. So okay. You've if you've got ETH staked, it's essentially locked now for an indefinite period of time. The next big protocol upgrade is called Shanghai. They're, yeah, they're okay. talking about September next year. Okay. So for people that are holding ETH or have staked ETH, it's looking like kind of September time next year before you'll be able to unlock that from the smart contract, the staking. Yeah, contract and withdraw your ETH and then you know essentially do it. But I think the reward's about five percent on it at the moment. So yep. yeah, that's pretty much pretty much it for the ETH story. 
Nice. Well, I guess that's a wrap. I mean, we've, we've covered quite a bit this episode. Yep. Obviously, a few key dates that we said at the very top just to watch out for. So just to touch on that again, FOMC, Fed meeting at the start of November. I think the only other thing I could find that was coming out that might move the markets is the UK CPI data is coming out. I think yep. that's even tonight. So by the time this podcast released, it would have already launched. So Expecting some volatility again, kind of around that, yeah. that announcement, I suppose. Yeah, hopefully again. it looks like it's going to come in pretty high, right? Like yes. we're not... They're expecting yeah, it like at 10%. To be high. Like yeah. it's huge. So that's interesting. But other than that, anything on your end, Tommy? No, that's pretty much it, man. I think we're we're pretty good. And yeah, great to catch up as always. And right, um, always. Yeah, keep an eye on the screen this time. Yep. All right. <laughs> See you guys. See you guys later. Thank you so much for joining us for today's show. If you liked it, don't forget to head over to the gram and join us at Tapping Into Crypto. And before we finish up, just a general disclaimer that this podcast is for entertainment purposes only. And the opinions on this podcast belong to individuals and are not affiliated with any companies mentioned. Any advice is general in nature and does not take into account your own personal situation. If you're looking to get advice, please seek out the help of a licensed financial advisor. We'll talk to you soon.